Peace and positivity, everyone. It's Takesha of Native Nubian Wellness, and you are tuning in into another session of Black Women Who Blaze. Um, today, I have a special guest in honor of uh, May being the, the month for mothers, as well as Women's Health um, Awareness Month and Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I'm glad to have my mom join me for this session. Um, and we'll discuss some things um, about cannabis and uh, and like le legalization and legislation and you know mental health and all of the good things. So thank you for joining me today, Ma. <laughs> How you feeling? Uh, I'm doing okay. No allergies going on, but other than that, you know, I'm highly favored. Right, right. So you know, I thought this was a good. Um, uh, episode to have because we have varying differences of views when it comes to cannabis advocacy and access for uh everyone and things like that and you know before I get diving into your story um you know I'll let you introduce yourself uh to how you want people to you know to see you on the platform um but um you know you celebrated this year 30 years in recovery and so you know, if you know me, you know, those who know me personally, they know, you know, my youth and upbringing and where we grew up, you know, we grew up in an urban area heavily impacted by prohibition and the war on drugs. And what, what rolled out in, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, throughout the 90s. And so um, this year was a big uh, milestone for you, 30 years in recovery. And you've mentored so many women um, through the process. And now you see your daughter, you know, uh, being a um, award-winning cannabis activist in the state of Connecticut. Um, and it, it may, you know, I don't, I don't know what your feelings or thoughts of, you know, that really was, I really never asked, but I guess today I am. So <laughs> what, are, what are your thoughts on it being in recovery and seeing me advocate for something that's still a schedule one narcotic? Well, um, let me just say this. Um, you, uh, you, 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 you did talk about the era of uh, the, drug, uh, the drug epidemic. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up in Staten Island, and, uh, and, 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 and I didn't grow up in the projects. I grew up in the house, um, predominantly around uh, Caucasian people, um, even when I went to school. However, as I grew up, you know, I, you know, I got pregnant at a young age. If we're gonna talk about me, I got pregnant at, at six, sixteen. I was a teenage mom, but I went back to school. I completed high school with two extra credits. I graduated seventeen, and when I indulged, started indulging in, in, with, with with drugs, I'm just, I'm gonna say narcotics. Mm -hmm. um, it was normal. Back then, um, alcohol was prevalent in the house. Uh, marijuana was uh, introduced to me at a very young age, and um, progression. Um, now, um, like I said, no, it was a norm. It, you know, it was kind of peer pressure. Your friends did, you did, your family did, you did it. And and in the beginning, it was uh, fun. In the beginning, you didn't recognize the uh, abuse. 
But when I look back in hindsight, mm-hmm. even when I got pregnant, I remember, uh, you know, using uh, marijuana, not while I was pregnant, but um, back then, like, it was, it was normal. It, it was just normal. You wasn't smoking weed or, you know, you know, you wasn't you wasn't cool. You wasn't you, you wasn't down. And if you didn't do anything, you was uh, uh what you call them, dungeon show whatever the case may be. But uh, my first uh, first job really was nicotine. Uh, uh, smoking uh cigarettes. Um, it was a parliament. And I didn't like it. it the two micros they took. Uh, we went and behind Sacred Heart School. And they had parliament cigarettes. And I didn't like, I was real dizzy. And like every time I tried something, you know, I didn't like it. Even when I first tried to meet, I didn't like it. But I remember when I did it, people, I made people laugh. I don't know if they asked me, well, what's, what's wrong with you? Because I was cracking jokes because I really was a shy child growing up. So using use, the use of drugs was not just, uh, it was different. Uh, Reasons, you right. know, what I'm saying? peer pressure for some people, uh, wanting to fit in, or just just the curiosity, you know, you know, you you curious. Um, and I'm gonna say that this addiction uh, to me uh, comes in many facets. I get into that, but what happened was family. Uh, um, it, it became a family disease. A lot of times, that's how it happens. Um. I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was writing down um, the as we grew older in my family, our careers. Because a lot of times people hold you hostage from your past. And then we see that negative part. And uh, and as I was, was, was recollecting, my oldest brother was uh, uh, worked for the Parks Department. My older sister worked for Manufacturers Hanover. He was in our early 20s. Um, my brother Daryl worked at Willowbrook. And then Zenda, she worked for Export and Import, um, secretary. Um, then Trisco was a singer, you know, for SMD. And I was working in uh, the bank, in the banker secretary, data specialist, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then Dee Dee went to the Navy. So we was a family about productivity. Right. education and, and work ethics that we did get through our parents. However, I had a father that was an alcoholic. It's mm. a quote-unquote functional alcoholic, which I don't believe in, 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 in such a thing. Right. You, you, go, you may be able to go to work, but you're definitely lacking in other areas, or your behavior is, is harmful in other areas. And that's another story. Right. Uh, I'm going to let you up now. I can I'll go on. Now I'm going to answer that one question you wanted to know how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a certain kind of way because of what I put you through in your life. I'm going to talk about me. I'm not going to talk about uh, your dad. I'm going to keep it on right. So how um, I thought, well, wow, she seen what, what she went through through people around her. Why was she advocating? Uh, but I also have to to realize that people have a choice in life. 
and what they want to do with that. And I also um, felt I didn't understand. I did say, well, why is never came and talk to me? Because you supported me throughout my whole recovery. Mm-hmm. And you know recovery. Right. And you know the effects of addiction. But what I respected is that you did the research. You took this hands on. You ain't t- you ain't just a talker. And when you believe in something passionate, it's like I believe in recovery. You gotta you gotta respect that. Right. And I know you was doing it too for health reasons. And I also know my education with, with addiction. And drugs is that I did the work to find out that it's a, a, a line that people cross. Addiction ain't just a substance. You know what I mean? Because it manifests in different areas of life. Mental things. Okay, go on. Now what happened with the with the with the weed, I believe that well not even just weed. The, the, the chemical kind of drugs they making now, we know, because quite the added stuff to it. Right. Like the cocoa plant and all those plants, I, spiritually, I don't believe it was here to hurt me. It's when you abuse the plant. Right. It becomes a problem. And then unfortunately, we know we're not going to those conspiracy theories, but people be, be tapping and putting stuff with stuff to make you out of control. I'm just going to put that. So, yeah, but I, 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 I uh, support you in any endeavor that you that you do, as long as it's not wrong with nobody. Right, right, right. And right. Then- so, I agree. You know, I think that for me, it took, um, some time for me to really be open about my, you know, cannabis consumption. Um, but like you, you know, I started as a teen and it wasn't, uh, you know, every day, all the time, you know, I wasn't one hitting up the, hitting up the homeboy to come and drop nothing else. And, you know, um, but at the same time, I, it, it, I wasn't open about it because of, you know, me seeing obviously what, like you said, what abuse and addiction can do to a person and to a family and a community, and then seeing and having a parent in recovery in that process, you know, it wasn't something I was willing to be open about. And then um, it wasn't something that I consumed regularly to where I felt like I needed to come to you. Like I have, I think I'm having an issue. Right. But I always kept in a, uh, the awareness that, you know, I could have that what you would, would, would be considered an addictive personality because of what I've seen and experienced. Right. Um, so I think that also helped to titrate my consumption and make me a person that only consumed in micro doses. So not even understanding that I was consuming it for therapeutic reasons and in a way that it was safe for me, you know, then because we didn't have the language or the education about it, you know, all of this thing, all of this has been suppressed for so many years. So, um, 
but yeah, you know, really what where the advocacy came in, um, obviously advocating for myself to have access, um, you know, as a medicinal patient, um, as I started to see the states roll out and it become something that was gonna be legal. I no longer wanted to be a consumer only, you know, especially knowing what it's done to our communities, what they've done with the war on drugs. Why now are we stuck as consumers and not producers in this? And then I wanted to produce in a way that was educating, was empowering us, and was changing the way that we viewed the plant, right? And so, um, but the catalyst was Uncle Trisco's diagnosis. And me knowing and becoming aware of the medical benefits of the plant, seeing people's children recover from, you know, seizures and epilepsies and traumatic brain injuries, you know, um, seeing people be able to recover from uh, cancer diagnoses and terminal illnesses, you know, was like, okay, why don't we have access? Because these people didn't look like us, but now, people in our community are now suffering and don't have access to safe lab tested cannabis because of prohibition and then the uh, stigma of, you know, the plant. So, you know, us just thinking that, like you said, being taught that it's a gateway drug and things like that. So, you know, when you bring something like that to someone who's suffering you know, it's like, wait a minute. No, you know, I don't, you know, and then, and then healthcare professionals are not teaching and sharing and educating as an alternative as well. So if this is not something that they're taught, then of course we're not getting it. it you know, black people are always the last to get access to certain things when it comes to science. Um, And that is where I wanted to change that. So when when he was diagnosed and I knew that there was a something that could help him, but we didn't have access to it, I knew that I didn't want that to ever happen. I wanted to make sure that our family, you know, and then it just became a broader vision, but specifically our family could get access to these oils, these concentrated levels of cannabis that are clean and homegrown. And, you know, I make products and things like that myself anyway. So if I had to make it and get it out to anyone, that's what I wanted to be able to do if they were open to it, you know. But what I found was the stigma and the barrier of the stigma and stereotype was making people hesitant from, you know, being open and accepting of it, you know, and, and just, most, you know, scared. So then I realized that I had to now come out about my consumption and say, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I consume and I consume for these reasons. Um, you know, my diagnosis first was PTSD. And, you know, I have PTSD from <laughs> quite a few things, you know, throughout my life. So, you know, that diagnosis was easy for me to be able to speak to my healthcare professional and they say, yes, you know, this is what you're suffering from. And instead of taking the narcotics or the prescriptions that they would, I opted to go with the alternative, which is something that I was already consuming and found uh, that did help, you know, in the, in the times that I needed it. Uh, so that, that was, that was really the catalyst for me to be open about my consumption 
with my, you know, not just my family, but with everyone now, because, you know, for years I've consumed and without, you know, anyone, but the immediate, you know, people, you know, like, uh, like Anthony, my, you know, my husband knowing, you know, or those who were right in, you know, in my day-to-day -day life. And so, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was a little, uh, I guess, intimidating, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, okay, well, what is, you know, what is uh, obviously my mom going to think? I mean, you know, dad, he knew, you know, he knew, um, you know, he didn't know that it would get, I would get this involved in the space, but he knew that, you know, I consumed from time to time. Um, I, but, knew, I knew you used to smoke the... Okay, right, right, but you, not... You told me. I mean, right. Anthony, you know, me and you talked a couple of times, and you talked, then one time you said, Mom, not, I don't feel like smoking no weed no more. I'm tired of it. I said, okay, I know. <laughs> you know, right. Okay, right. You know, hey, because everybody, you know, in your life is not an addict. Right. And I and, and and being in recovery teaches me that. You know, I can't make everybody believe my belief. This my this is my lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? I chose. Mm -hmm. You know, I can choose to drink, I can choose to smoke, I can choose to, you know, steal, I can choose to, you know, uh uh we could miss it. We all have the the right to choose whatever road we want to take in, in any aspect of our lives. So you know, and we uh, yeah, we will be held accountable too. Mm -hmm. I just found out my uh, uh, outcome, and I I have a healthy fear to uh, 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 to practice uh, 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 what I would say uh, unbecoming behavior for me, because mm -hmm. what it does to me. Now, thirty years later, yeah, you know, some people you know think, okay, I did enough. I could probably try this now. Like you said, the traumas. Because I suffer from PTSD, doing a lot of different things. Right. A lot of different things, along with health issues. You know, and I'm a, I have a pain management doctor, mm -hmm. and I've take, had to take uh, opioids throughout my recovery. I had surgeries, but in this fellowship, which I'm not going to name, we are, a, 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 we not doctors. Right. So can't tell you, although you can't take that. We don't diagnose people. Uh, we are supposed to go to our professionals and allow them to tell us. And, and even with mental illness, you know, you know, people are suffering. Well, which in which I have suffered. You consider, you know, addict suffering from mental illness. This is a disease. This mm -hmm. is a disease. That if you have to take your medication, take it, but take it as prescribed. Right. So let me go there. Take it as prescribed. It's very, it's very. Uh, uh, you just have to be very careful. You really have to be very careful because a lot of times when you are medication, you revert back to your. Uh, 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 I may say choice of drug, but to me, it's just like drugs. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, but oh, when you talk about the cannabis, I'm not um, uh, against it. I, I believe that like medical marijuana and like you talked about Trisco, like yeah, like we need to be more involved in, in other alternatives, holistic alternatives as well. And with the cannabis, I believe, like I said, they, the plant clear when I say this. They when they're adding all that stuff into it, it makes takes you to another level. 
Right. They put stuff in it to make you want more or whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm not a scientist or whatever. I just know from my experience, certain things I did, it didn't take me out of character. Right. 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 Um, they had the pub growing up. I remember, yeah, the Dare program, J Top Village. You know, I thought the attic was somebody that was nodding on the street, running around, you know, making noise and, you know, all that type of thing. But um, that's not a, that, that, that's the progression. Or oh, that's the side effect of when you use that type of drug. Right. For cannabis, I I believe, because my doctor um, asked me if I wanted uh, medical marijuana. Mm -hmm. That's an alternative down the line. Right. If I need to, I will, because I can. Because it's prescribed by my doctor. Now, am I to use it recreationally just because I want to get high? That's a relapse if I do that. Right, you right. You know what I'm saying? So people got to be clear. You know, you can't be knocking the person if they doctors prescribing it and they monitor it. If mm. They monitor it. They give you uh, urine, urine, urine analysis. And my doctor takes my urine. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, I'm okay with that. If we're gonna be honest, I'm gonna be real because this, you know, you, you ask me, he takes my urine, he's like, oh, it's a kid again. Because he know, like, I'm really into my lifestyle. Right. Right, right. And I think this is, like you say, you touched on a, a few important things the, the mental health aspect of addiction, you know? And this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And understanding that addiction is, a disease and it it can be classified under mental health and cannabis use disorder can be classified as an addiction to the intoxicating uh cannabinoid which is THC okay the one that gives you the euphoria and the intoxication um you know people will say psychoactive but all cannabis is psychoactive um whether it's CBD non-intoxicating or THC or the other cannabinoids, they all have an effect on mood and things like that. But the THC dominant plant can become, you know, addictive, right? And habit forming. And so, but what people don't know is there is a, there is a, a, a non-intoxicating form, which is derived from hemp. And that is what can be consumed to help balance that habit for me. That's what can help bring you back to balance when you start to increase and, and become, along with getting the help you need. Obviously, why is it becoming, what are you consuming it so heavily for? You know, and I can understand, like you said, you got a med medical condition and, you know, um, you, you need it for heavy pain management or whatever form of cannabis you need to use it for. But um, you can go to other cannabinoids that are non-intoxicating to help balance out that habit-forming um, uh, THC um, or addiction, right? And so and then you touched on the opioids, right, and pain management. And then, you know, you hear them speaking on the opioid crisis um, mm -hmm. in, in the U.S. when, you know, like you said, there was a pandemic 
You know, it wasn't a crisis when it, when our community was going through that pandemic, that endemic of, uh, you know, whether it was heroin, crack, or, you know, whatever else that was being used. It, it wasn't it wasn't a crisis then, you know, it was more of a war on drugs and, and became a war on black and brown people, incarcerating people, you know, um, and, and, and misdiagnosing them and mistreating them and things like that. Uh, but now you have an opioid crisis and, you know, they're now now you want to go to cannabis can be helpful in helping supplement your opioid addiction. OK, helping you bring get away from the uh, the narcotics that you're being prescribed and go to the plant to supplement and balance out your ECS, because we never knew that we had. A, a system in our bodies that the plant supplements when it's deficient. So that's just like being vitamin D deficient. And you start to, you know, your hormones start to be out of balance because vitamin D is a hormone that's normally produced. Um, but if you stop, what are they going to do? They're going to supplement it with a vitamin D supplement or a shot or whatever. Well, we also have something called the endocannabinoid system you would, when when I was being when I was a baby, you know, if I was breastfed, your endocannabinoids were being transferred to me, okay, in breast milk, okay. So these, this is something we're born with. Everybody's is different. It's as different as of our own fingerprints. Nobody's is the same. So how you supplement with cannabis and how it affects your body is going to be different than how it affects mine. Even if we consume the same type of plant. Okay, so your like you said, your effects may be, you know, uh, it, it may be more effective or you may feel more intoxicated, even with a low dose where me, I may I may barely feel it. And that's because of the difference in our ECS system, which is the endocannabinoid system and what may be deficient. You know, I might have more, you might have less. So because we are unaware of this. Like you said, it's not treated in the way that we would consume other plants, you know, when it comes to herbs. Nobody, people kind of go to herbs and you're not going to overconsume a certain herb. You're going to really learn about what that herb does for your body. Like people are not going to go and over uh, consume burdock root, right? Because they, you know, okay, too much of it can actually cause some damages to my organ, right? So to some organs. So it's the same in now how we approach cannabis. You know, we're not, especially the um, THC dominant plant. We're not, for those who are now aware and now ready to help educate people in consuming it for certain conditions because it helps with so many things. We want to make sure that people are coming to it in a in a conscious awareness and with intention, like you said, to help with whatever condition I'm dealing with or therapeutic consumption, you know, where, yeah, you know, I prefer, some people may prefer to consume cannabis to help calm anxiety um, or to help with the insomnia rather than a glass of wine, you know. Right. Um, you and know, but- And even, okay, with the, the alcohol, you know, uh, even though people know, to be honest, alcohol is like the number one, like the DUIs, you know, and the dysfunctions of the liver. Like they know all oh, they with that alcohol abuse. abuse. Now that's what you mean when you abuse it, you've done too much. 
Right. And now, if it, I'm not talking about a person that socially has a glass of wine uh, with a date of once in a while. Like I said, it's, it's when you abuse this, whatever substance it is, whether it's candy, mm-hmm. <laughs> meat, whatever, whatever you do too much of becomes the problem. But what I wanted to talk about, like back into the crack epidemic, because that, that brought me to my knees, you know. Uh, when I did weed, when I did the little drink, I wasn't you no know, alcoholic. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a pothead. Right. Uh, you know, I became a crackhead. A cokehead, then a crackhead. So it was different levels, different stages. But in the, at the end, when I, when I realized it, it was within me, I had to fix something in me to why I wanted to harm myself. Because once I knew it was harming me, I still didn't stop. Right. Until that day, one, January 17, 1993. The last day, well, the day before, or the last day, the, the day I never used again. You know, I went away, and you got to talk about the rehab, like you said, the, the uh, 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 solutions. You know, that's when rehabs became popular. Like before that, like, uh, like getting help. Was like the best kept secret. Yeah, right. They would put people in jails back in the day and let them sober up uh, and stuff like that. I had an experience when I was in West Virginia. That they didn't put me in no program. They put me in the, in the jail. <laughs> My story, you know, right. like to sober up. Right. So, like today, they have access to so many places that back then, but the addiction is still high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still high, and like you said, with the opioids, now they want to make big deal. And that crack, that crack made people sell their babies, lose their jobs, cheat on their husbands, sell their bodies. You know, so many demonic things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. It affected your mental health on a on a on a scale that that the black and brown and those communities that are affected by it are still trying to recover from, okay? Are still- Right, right, are still trying to recover from. (laughs) Right, so for me, you know, cannabis was that, it was an ally, you know? It was an ally for me to be able to cope, right? Um, instead of maybe doing some other harmful things, uh, you know, it was an ally for me to be able to go back to, uh, you know, or, or really reconnect with myself, you know, because as a kid, I, I found myself disassociating, you know, really to be able to, you know, to cope. I, I had to pretend I had an imagination. I still do. That was out of this world because I had to, I had to visualize myself not in that environment, you know, in order to see myself and be here today, you know? So um, that really helped bring that back. The things that I was able to do as a child uh, to help me cope started to fade away as you, like you said, as you become a teenager and you start doing now your own things that may be harmful to yourself, cannabis kind of brought me back to that space where I could reconnect with that inner child and and help to heal that inner child that was going through the, the whole process of watching, you know, not only her parents, but, you know, her family and the community 
change okay and in 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 not not you know in in a worse way um so uh yeah you know so like you said now that you know prohibition is you know obviously on its way out you know we've seen it well we didn't see it because i wasn't alive but with uh with alcohol right you've seen that whole you know eventually it became legal but you see like you said where is that everybody has access to it um you know now that it's on its way out how do you feel about prohibition you know or federal legalization and how it will affect uh recovery you know for a lot of people Oh, well, you know, the same thing with like the alcohol, how they did that, they doing that with the marijuana. Right. And, and like like I understand your your, your reasoning for for getting and I commend you also for that, because a lot of us black and brown people, we don't do that side of it. We be the consumers. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, providing it and, 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 and being able to take care of our family. Because let me tell you, with, with alcohol, with the moonshine and all that, when you look back at the movies and stuff, wasn't no black people selling it, wasn't no black people No. Not so, right. No, not at all. Now, with the weed thing, um, I know they mean, I, I feel like they only legalizing it so they can get paid, number one. They, um, in this country, then um, I, I like the fact that we legalize because of the medical part of it. I know that it can help people, you know, like when I used to suffer from cramps, and, you know, like I smoke weed. See, I use it for a lot of reasons. Right. And, you know, let me throw that out there. I remember like smoking joint, getting cramps, and cramps would go away, you know, or not, if not wanting to feel the trauma of being raped at, you know, at 15, you know, weed. I remember I was, I was, I was high on weed. When it happened, it didn't, I was high on weed when it happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So not to feel the feelings of that, I will medicate. Right. But going back to what you were saying, with, the, with, with I think they should, uh, uh, they, if they're going to legalize it, legalize it, but make it a fair uh, uh, transition where everybody can profit. You know what I'm saying? You inform, like have people like you to, you know, hire people to inform people how to use it. Right. You know what I'm but you know you're gonna have people criminals. You, 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 you're gonna have people, you know, that that's gonna be trying to rob, you know, and stores. But that's just how society is. But my thing is, like those ones, but the ones that are in jail should be let go. That's right. They should be let go. My thing is now when you drive it under the DUI. How you going to test to see if somebody's too high to be driving? Right. Because um, DUIs is the number one killer. People okay. drinking and driving. Right. Right. That's my only thing. How you going to stop somebody and say you driving under the influence? Right. Uncle John. Right. And that and that is that is the key because you know, there's different forms of cannabis like we were discussing. So you have the non-intoxicating and then you have the intoxicating form. So now how when when they're testing, how are you gonna be able to determine 
which one? Right. You understand? How are you going to? So it, there's a lot, there's still a lot of work to be done. Again. You know, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, but like you said, the number one thing should be while people are making millions of dollars distributing cannabis legally and you have people locked up for life. There's 203 uh, life's people who have life sentences in the U.S. for just cannabis distribution. You know, why are they locked up for life? You have people right. who've committed murder that have been released sooner than that. So this is where, you know, the issue lies with federal legalization and, and it's still being prohibited. And, you know, really we're calling for it to be descheduled because cannabis is high, is scheduled higher than heroin. So, you know, we need more. Yeah, that's people. another thing. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, for me, we know uh, when you get into the history of, you know, prohibition and why it was ro rolled out and the racism behind it and, you know, who who really... Or black people smoke more weed or something like that? It, no, we didn't smoke more weed, but we get harsher penalties, okay? And and that's just with anything. But, right. you know, that's just with any, any and everything. Harsher penalties come when it comes to us because right. the system is, you know, right. the system is designed that way. Mm -hmm. But um, for them to schedule it so high, it was not just that. It's also, you know, uh, corporations and organizations wanting to uh to dominate other areas and it needed to you know cannabis because hemp number one can change so many things for us you know the plant it's not just consumed as a medication but it's nutritional it's a food it's a textile it cleans up the air it can be used as fuel you know um so that the carbon footprint would be decreased so it's so much more to it than just consuming it for, you know, like you said, recreational purposes that, you know, th that's a whole nother conversation. But yeah, so that, that you know, I, I agree. I, you know, that it's time to, it's not time to release those who have been incarcerated, but then, then that also brings in reparations and restorative justice. Mm -hmm. And when you start talking about that, you know, you get more closed ears, you know, you get more closed doors as well. So well, it's gonna it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I hope while I'm alive, I hope to see it. Right. You know? But yeah, I think that yeah, um what you're doing is, is what all I ever wanted you to do to, to do is to do something that that's passionate for you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then it helps people. You right. know what I mean? Like uh you know, I work in a psych hospital. I come from corporate background, I never thought I'd be working in a psych. Hospital and uh, I don't make as much money as I did in corporate, uh, but I know when you, the patients and I don't really I, well, I do deal with the patients, but I, I work in the administration. But um, I have access with the patients and. Um, mhm. Mm mhm. Mm right. Yeah. And a lot of them are, uh, you know, you know, they, they, I believe they use to stop the noise. But a lot of them are in there, you know, the, the young ones, the young ones with the weed, but the, but the weed that they're getting is you already know it's something in it, right? 
and, and try to take one time, one one took one time, they did it one time and it all stayed mine. So that's why, you know, sometimes, but that could be any drug. So I can't just say, oh, it's me. The weed, they, the weed, they smoke because, you know, it could be something, people putting stuff in people's drinks now, that fentanyl, you know, we lost a niece with the fentanyl, you know, you know, the cousin, the fentanyl, they put in pills, that's, a, you know, a lot of this stuff is chemically made by humans to cause harm. Right, right. And it's like, letting leave nature alone. Right. Leave nature alone. And let the na nature alone. I, <laughs> but let me be clear. I'm an advocate for for uh, this lifestyle because I really uh believe like I I use like to fit in in one part because my family did it. I didn't know, and and, and I was introduced to uh to do my family, so I didn't think it was gonna give me nothing to hurt me. Number one, right? Let's be clear about that. We ain't trying. We ain't trying. We did everything together. We played. We ate, so when that came into play, it was my family. So why would I think that it's gonna gonna harm me? I just thank God none of us like well, we lost our minds for a minute for a while. But like literally like lost right. our mind, you know. Um Yeah. yeah. Addiction, the disease of addiction ain't no joke. It ain't nothing to play with. It's not, it's not because like I say, it manifests in different ways and different areas in your life. And, uh, but we do recover. I want to say that. Yeah. We recover. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm just glad we had this little session. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, it's fun. It's fun. And now right. we clear the air because I didn't know how you thought. I was just waiting. Like, uh, I, I, I was out of the respect. Right. You know, of my recovery, when you start this process, I'm saying, "Why well, should you never tell me that you want?" But I knew what you was doing because I, you know, I sit back and I watch. Right. I watch. I watch. I see you uh, this stuff. I watch. I said, "She gonna cause she, oh, we gonna talk about it. We gonna see where her head head is at." Because I know right. how we talk. If you don't think we don't see each other, but when we talk, we talk. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I'm always gonna be proud of you. You are one of my reasons still to this day. Right. You know what I mean? You right. And and same, you know, super proud of the transformation that I've been able to see in real time, you know, throughout the years, you know, um, to to come through to recover in that way. Like you said, that you know, we do recover, you know, the resilience of people. Uh, to get back, bring their, find the balance back in their mental health, in their physical health as women, as a black woman in the society, um, you know, where we're counted out so many times, but we are really and truly the backbone of the society. Absolutely. You know, that for me to see that in, in you and my aunts and, 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 and my cousins and, and those um, who really, you know, are open because people are recovering and, and still not open about it, but really are open about what, what they've experienced, you know, not only, you know, the things that they've done to themselves, but what society has done to us and how it's tried to tear us down as a community by putting these harmful things. Hey, let's be clear. We didn't bring them in there. Right. <laughs> Hello. Let's put that out there. 
<laughs> right. So even when you, like you said, when it comes to the cannabis and the type of cannabis that we had access to and consuming, doing things like that, that are, you know, uh, putting harmful substances in it where someone can wind up in a psych hospital for the rest of their lives. Yes. Deters us from, you know, going back to it as a plant for, you know, to be able to help us in any way. And so having more control and autonomy over the things that come into our community, being able to stand up and say, no, this is, we're no longer having this. This is not, you yeah. know, this is not what we're about. And then educating ourselves and being able to educate the, the youth about the history of narcotics in our community and what the intentions are when consuming what these, you know, plants and, and substances are really for and what the intentions are when consuming it and how it can help restore and help us recover if if done right. So that's that's what I want to be a part of. I love to I'd love to do it back home in Staten Island in New York City, where we, you know, where we are from and show that transformation in real time. Um and you never know that opportunity may may appear. But here we right now, big things on Staten Island. I a lot. Uh, Laquita got a. Uh, uh, we got the Women's Unity Day that they do. We got. Uh, we have a tea. She has a tea party. Maybe you want to go. Yeah. Uh, I gotta see. She said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna see." It's a tea party. Uh, some fundraiser. Finally, for some organization to help the community that they just created. Um, mm -hmm. You got Ronnie Littman doing the um, world premiere in Staten Island. Let me just plug that out. Jan uh, June 17th at the waterfront. Um, right, that's Father's Day weekend in June. Yes. And, and yes, and then we got Snug Harbor with the uh, Juneteenth Festival on Staten Island, you know, to bring the community together to eat and have fun and enjoy each other, network, render. You know, um, yeah, it's time for us to do this. I'm glad we did this session. We might have to do another one, like maybe once every two months, just to tap back in, mother and right. daughter. You know, I keep talking about my, my journey in this process. You right. know, um, I didn't tap on like my health, how the, the, the disease of addiction, mm -hmm. you know, Right. Right. Addiction as, you know, that is a part of, you know, health equity and women's health. You know, this is Women's Health Awareness Month and health equity, you know, having access to the tools, you know, rehabs and, and organizations being, you know, um, accessible for those who need the help, especially for women. You know, affinity spaces specifically for women. So I love the Women's Unity Day. We need more of that. Um, you know, here in, in uh, Connecticut as well. So, you know, yes, I, I definitely love to tap in. Thank you for joining me for this session, this uh, special edition during, uh, you know, the month okay. of Mother's Day and, 
It's Mother's Month, Mental Health and Women's Health Care Awareness. Um, so and heart disease. Yes, heart uh, disease. Uh, breast cancer. Yes. We don't gotta talk, yeah, we don't gotta talk about all that. Our yes. Changes, how to protect ourselves, our bodies, you know, and diabetes. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm talking right. about different topics. Yes. And cannabis can be beneficial in all of those areas that you spoke of, consumed in different ways. So, oh. Yes, consume properly. So I appreciate you, love you. And, you know, if anyone um, that's listening, if you are a woman who consumes cannabis for your health and well-being, you're an entrepreneur in the space, or you are employed in the space and would like to be featured, reach out to me at Black Women Who Blaze on IG, comment uh, below, and I will reach out to you. Okay, peace, love, and light, everyone. And until next time, have a good one. All right, my name is Tokido. Yes, Tokido Carter, right. Well, how, how can we not introduce you? Okay, <laughs> it's my mom, mom, my mom. Yes, thank you. Thanks, I love, you. I love I you. I need some breakfast, take my medicine. <laughs>